You're listening to Once, episode 92, Selfless, Brave, and True. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast about ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Jenny. We are so happy to have you with us. And you know, the the title of this episode of the podcast, episode 92, Selfless, Brave, and True, makes me think of our friends from Greetings from Storybrooke, who have, <laughs> I think, the best recaps of episodes, recap summaries. They make them rhyme. Wow. So they, they tell a little thing that summarizes the episode. And it rhymes, the little synopsis of the episode, and it rhymes. Oh. So special. And and (laughs) greetings from Storybook people are really friendly to our podcast, too. And they might be stalking us right now. So (gasps) hi. And everybody should check out what all of the other Once Upon a Time podcasts are saying about these episodes as they come out, too. Because you'll hear insights from others that you may not hear from us, or you'll hear insights from us that you may not hear from others. You can check out our complete list of the Once Upon a Time podcasts over at oncepodcast.com slash more podcasts but let's talk about the stuff for our podcast okay (laughs) i'm ready this episode (laughs) selfless brave and true i do not like tomorrow i just just say that well then why don't you just live in today tomorrow tomorrow i love you tomorrow well in this case i don't love you tomorrow don't you say her name (laughs) not because she's dead and i miss her but because she's alive and I don't like her. Mm. Yeah. And it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Let's, let's see this. What's creepier, Cora and Rumpel's kiss or Tamara and Greg's kiss? I think it's a tie. That's like comparing creepy grapes and creep <laughs> grapes. <laughs> I meant apples. Creepy, creepy apples and creepy oranges. But really any kind of creepy fruit with a different creepy fruit that is not like it. It, you can't really compare the two. They're different. Hmm. Yeah. It's ew. It's ewy. We are going to mention <laughs> fruit in a little bit as we get into our conversation here. But uh, I can't remember if I said it at the beginning, but we are brought to you in part by Simul TV, and I'll tell you more about them in a little bit. But let's start our conversation chronologically-ish by starting with... A sound clip from the episode The Stranger in season one. Now, if you remember, this is the episode when we discovered that August was Pinocchio, right after the episode The Return, when we thought August was Bay. And when August and Emma were outside of Storybrooke and August was trying to convince Emma about the curse, about everything, this is what August had said to her back then in season one. Have you ever been to Phuket? This beautiful, amazing island, full of pleasures, the perfect place to lose oneself. That's where I was when you decided to stay in Storybrooke. How do you know when I decided to stay in Storybrooke? Because at 8.15 in the morning, I woke up with a shooting pain in my leg. That's 8.15 at night in Storybrooke. Sound familiar? That's when time there started to move forward again. I was supposed to be there for you. But I wasn't. Because I was halfway around the world, I got a painful reminder 
just how far I'd strayed. So way back there in season one, we heard about this thing of Phuket. Thank you for playing that, because that answers one of the questions I put in my notes, (laughs) (laughs) which was, is that moment that we saw at the beginning of this episode, the moment Emma either arrived or decided to stay? The, The moment she, yeah, decided to stay. And that's what the writers have said, is that Emma decided to stay. Time started moving on October 24th, 2011, which it's kind of odd that they're only just recently giving us actual dates for things. But maybe they realize they have to when you start doing things like this, because then it starts getting confusing to say one year ago, 14 years ago, two years ago, and to jump around like that relatively. Yeah, um, a little bit. It would have been a bit confusing since it was only a two-year difference. Mm-hmm. But by decide to stay, was that when, what was happening? She was checking in at Granny's. Yeah. Because the clock moved in the first episode, but she hadn't. She got there just, okay, to remind everyone, <laughs> back in the pilot episode, she got there at uh the day before and she had tried to leave after she drank some um, bourbon or something with regina (laughs) she had tried to leave and saw the wolf in the road crashed into the sign police arrested her brought her back to jail and she woke up the next day that's october 23rd is Priquette ahead of us or behind us in time i think they're they're i think they might be a behind us in time while jeremy's checking that i'll keep going so she was there for one night they're ahead okay so august october 24th to them was october 23rd to emma so on the night of october 23rd which was emma's second night in storybrook was when she decided to stay (laughs) in storybrook took the key from granny's that's when the clock moved okay it wasn't the stay permanently date it was stay for a week right just like august referred to in that clip i played from the episode the stranger back in season one hmm. and that's when henry was at home and watched the clock move mm-hmm. right yeah exactly back in the pilot okay so uh, now this is starting to make me think anytime a location is hinted at or named that we would see it because we saw, well, we never actually saw Tallahassee, but we yeah. learned about Tallahassee. I don't think we need to make that too much of a rule, but... Hey, how, how, many, how many days did she stay before time moved? One. Just one? Yeah. Well, so it was she a wouldn't forced have, She stay. wouldn't have seen the repetition. Right. Because she got there at night. Right. And yeah, so she saw, most likely saw the day repeat once. Yeah. And or not? Well, she she saw the day, the day repeated, once. but she only saw it once. Right, and then that's when she decided to stay, and time started moving differently. <sighs> yeah, so it, it's really cool looking back at that. And this summer, we're going to do a rewatch, probably of just season two. We might combine season one <laughs> and two, but probably just season two to rewatch some of this and catch some of these details. But then moving on with this episode, we get to see this when August is in Phuket. Which, by the way, is an island or is part of Thailand. And uh, so real close to Hong Kong, which he goes to in just a little bit. There were some bottles lying around in their little beachside 
thing, which by the way, that little hut they had, <laughs> that must have been expensive. It's got this gorgeous view of it's right <laughs> on the beach inside this little uh, cove area in some kind of beautiful area of Phuket. And there were these bottles around and one of them actually said on it, Thai something. The brand of it was Thai, like T-H-A-I, Thai something, Thai low or Thai two, some kind of bottle of empty bottle of alcohol. But that's when his left leg started turning to wood. And it's always been his left leg that's had the problem from when he referred to shin splints inside of Storybrooke and the times that he was collapsing when he showed his leg to Emma in the episode The Stranger and she didn't believe. And in this episode, it all started with his left leg. So I like that they kept that consistency there. But when he went to the hospital, at first, just seeing an Asian doctor there, I wanted to look closely at the name tag because I saw CH on the name tag and I thought... Maybe this is a subtle, hidden Lost reference that this is Dr. Chain, as in Pierre Chain from Lost. But no, it's very close. It was Dr. Chen. Either Dr. Chen or Dr. Chow. It was hard to see (laughs) those last couple letters, even in HD quality. Affectionately known as the dragon. No, this is is just at the the hospital. Oh, the doctor that freaked out over the leg. Yeah. Which... Why would you stab your leg? Why do you think that proves something? Well, and he didn't bleed. Oh, well, it is true. I was thinking if the doctor had not screamed and acted like a ninny to begin with, yeah, he, he would have observed, hey, something's wrong. Well, there there was a little bit of blood around where he stuck the scalpel into yeah, himself. Sure. I didn't see any. I, I saw a flash of blood. But, um... Why did he go to a normal doctor in the first place? Who does that? I mean, oh. <laughs> who oh. who actually shows, tries to show somebody that their leg is turning to wood? Nobody has a leg turning to wood, so I can't really give any real life examples, but I still think that he would think, hmm, you know, traditional doctor, not really going to do it for me. Well, clearly he wasn't thinking. He didn't even think. Clearly. He didn't even think that it was... He knew what it was. It's not like he thought, oh, maybe this is a thing that happens. He was born, so to speak, made of wood. Well, and and the only other person he that we know of that he had shown his leg to, and they said they didn't see anything, was his drunk girlfriend just waking <laughs> up in the morning that he, you know, she's, she can't tell what she's seeing. So he didn't take her word for what she was seeing. So then when he shows the doctor, the doctor was fully awake, fully sober. But still, what is, yeah, anyway, what is a normal doctor going to do about, oh, you're turning back into wood? Well, we can try and amputate. <laughs> but since you're magically turning axe. into wood, I can't promise that's that's going to stop anything. Yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense, but that's okay, I guess, because his hurried escape Caused him to run into some random dude who somehow knew what was going on and was able to help him. Yeah, I couldn't figure that out. Yeah, the guy's name is listed as Quan in the credits. And he said that he heard yelling about August's situation. Now, this could either be the yelling from the doctor or this could have been he heard something 
about when August first checked in and described what his problem was. And they were yelling. Why would they be yelling? This guy says his leg is turning to wood, but we're not going <laughs> to call Psych until he stabs it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know quite there. And all right, I'll, I'll give a nod to this. We're not going to be downers on this episode too much. But yes, there were several things in this episode that I think were stretches. See, I enjoyed it, possibly from what I'm hearing more than other people. But on closer examination, as we do, <laughs> um, it, yeah, there's some things that are a little far-fetched as a man turning to wood. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there are plenty of little flaws or little details that some of them I think are maybe important. Some are just, well, something might've been cut. That's the thing we always have to consider with a TV show. They have to fit it into a certain amount of time. So that means they always have to cut something they didn't plan to cut. To make it continue to make sense. You know what I would have liked (laughs) if they had considered this, I would have liked if they had made his voice sound less like it was coming from human lips and more more like it was coming from, <laughs> like, wooden lips. Oh, you're saying in Storybook? Yeah. Mm. When it was wood. Yes, because but now you reveal the problem. I wood just, cannot make a human voice. <laughs> well, I mean, he's magical. I mean, his it's going to sound different because, you know, his lips aren't, aren't spongy. They're wooden. I wonder what that would sound like. And his tongue is well, not spongy he, either. Even the way that he moved when he was in Storybrook, the way his face moved, it did have some kind of flexibility to yeah. it. So it's a kind of soft wood. <laughs> I just would have, I would have, I would have loved it if they had actually altered his voice to sound like he's speaking out of a yeah. wooden they mouth. Did, they did do some really cool stuff though with the way that they uh, motion captured him and yeah, and honestly, this is a I case, thought it was well done. Yeah, and some people didn't. I it's exactly what I expected to see if they ever showed him. I mean, yeah, people loved the sequence when he was a boy, and they were caught in the storm and the whale and everything. Which, by the way, that sequence, um, they ABC released an episode of the official video podcast for Once Upon a Time. If you're not Ooh. already subscribed to that, make sure you check that out because their most recent episode. They're releasing about an episode per month. But their most recent episode, they talk about special effects and show some of the behind-the-scenes stuff of that scene from The Stranger of Young Pinocchio when he was a puppet. That's uh, a really huh. cool thing. Cool. But, yeah, the, the animation was really good. And it's this is a case where it's perfectly all right for the character animation of August as Pinocchio to look kind of stilted because he is wooden, wooden. <laughs> after all. Yeah, so it, it fits here. But... When he goes to see this guy, the dragon, yeah, he sees Tamara there, but the dragon said that he needs something close to the heart as payment for his soul. From his soul. From his soul. From? From. Oh, not from, not, it was from, not It was from, from his soul. So, in order to get something magical, they needed to pay for it with something from the soul and from the wallet. <laughs> yeah. In the official audio podcast for this episode, Kitsis and Horowitz said that, um, yeah, that the thing that was close to his soul covered the magic, the dollars covered the rent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. One person covered the rent for a really long time. It was a nice little place he had there. 10,000. Was it? Some, <laughs> yeah, true. Some of the... Um, 
oriental character or asian characters that were around there the writing on the walls and stuff uh, I cannot read, but I know some of the people in our chat room have <laughs> translated some of it. And like the sign outside of the dragon's place said uh, teacher or what we commonly say is sensei, which means teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, that was some of the writing outside. And there were other things here and there, uh, certain symbolism inside, like the um, the pattern that was on the doors uh, it looks kind of like a swastika pattern. Our listener, Klesador, wrote in saying um, that the swastika symbols on the balcony doors, in China, the symbols represent the myriad and eternity, but it can also represent luck, auspiciousness, and well-being. All interesting things hmm. to go along with the dragon. And did you notice the fruit on his desk? No. Dragon fruit. Uh. <laughs> That's, that sounds like a bad punchline. It, it does. <laughs> what kind of fruit does the dragon eat? Dragon fruit. <laughs> what kind of fruit or flies does the dragon like? Yeah. No. Anyway. Will we have screenshots of these things in our show notes? Yeah. Over at oncepodcast.com slash 92. We'll put those in there. We might have yeah. some right. pictures. Of dragon fruit? Eventually. Oh. Yeah, we, we are actually getting um, some volunteers to help us with some things of running one's podcast and the network and some internship uh, opportunities as well. So especially if you out there are looking to intern with the podcast network, uh, let me know. Email daniel at oncepodcast.com and we can talk about what kind of stuff you might need, qualifications or anything like that to help as an intern. But... Uh, there was also this little amulet that the guy was wearing that had these little red gems in it that may or may not have some kind of meaning to it. Hmm. Maybe a source of his magic? I don't know. Source of. He really was indirect when she asked if he was from, well, basically the Enchanted Forest. Yeah. He... Well, she didn't really ask that, but she kind of was like... Wait, she... Tamara. Uh, It was August that asked if the dragon was from our land, because the dragon was knew so much about August. He knew that August was Pinocchio. He knew which leg it was. He he could see um, August's leg turning into wood. Mm -hmm. Um, He knew that the necklace August wore was made from string that Geppetto used to animate uh Pinocchio right. when he was a puppet yeah i was thinking she went in first but we didn't actually see that part right. did you mention his amulet his pendant thing the dragons yeah or pinocchio's no the dragons the dragons yeah, yeah he had that little thing i mentioned Is that, that significant it could be well it's not but, anymore because he's dead now or is he i don't think he well, it's yeah, gotta we'll, be. We'll get to that in uh, August. Just, we'll get to his that finger in, under his nose. <laughs> <laughs> That'll kill anybody. <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> and did you see that the little thing at the end of August's necklace was a whale? Yeah. Yeah. A whale. Worthless. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so are we still when, in Storybrook? Um, no, back in Hong Kong. Okay. When. Tamara and August met up in the bar. The more I watch that scene and really think through it, the more I think that Tamara was setting August up Mm -hmm. with the cash. She was. She just kind of stuffed it. 
and not even stuffed it well into her purse. I was like, oh, look, I've got lots and lots of money right here. Yeah. It's so easy for you to just grab it. She basically went in, was denied because her cancer wasn't real. Well, how'd she leave the picture? She figured out, this is, this is my theory. He took the picture. Don't know why he didn't give it back, but maybe that's just the price. I don't know. She didn't get anything. She sees August and figures out, if not beforehand, she figures out when he winces in pain and she acts like, um, let's celebrate that you're cured, even though I just saw you in major pain. That's not obvious at all. And then she's like, I'll leave the money. He'll take it. He'll get what I need. And then I'll take it from him. Mm-hmm. You know what? Um, now that you talk about the scene with the with the thing, the necklace that August had yeah. and the payment that he was supposed to come up with. Why did the dragon take the thing most precious to them and then demand payment? Well, it was, it was both things. Like we said earlier. I know, but he didn't require the money until afterwards. Why didn't he require the, well, the he, precious thing? The money had to be brought maybe he what if somebody couldn't pay he used the precious thing to make the magic yes but what if someone couldn't pay for it then they wouldn't get the magic but then they've lost the thing that's dear to their soul which the dragon (laughs) gave back the picture to tamara remember near the Uh, we're jumping a little bit here but near the end when she came back and and got it killing him quotation marks there um he said your picture is on the desk you can take it when you leave yeah, but she was a so fraud. He gave so, it back. but August wasn't a fraud. But so, he, yeah. what what would have happened if the dragon had used his string from around his neck, and then August couldn't pay for it? He may have, with the way the dragon speaks and knows things, he may have always had that potion. Uh, even though he knew, hmm. maybe he somehow foresaw. That's what I'm trying to say. He, he foresaw what would happen but still made the potion for August or well, made it for tomorrow. If no. he foresaw, then why couldn't he have dodged <laughs> the, uh, the, the taser? taser? We'll talk about that in a moment. Yeah. Um, I want to know how August even knew it was enough money. It could yeah. have been well, $2,000. It could have been 5000 She said something about, I, I guess the old man doesn't take plastic well, she figured, but then why did she still have... She was passing it off as though she got a cure from him, so yeah. that should be the leftover money. It did look like about the same amount of money that Neil gave August in the episode Tallahassee, which was, <laughs> was what, like $11,000? He's like, I need $10,000, and I know what $10,000 looks like, <laughs> exactly. and that's it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's that could seriously be it. He looks at it and realizes that looks like about $10,000. That's exactly what I need. <laughs> Here's the thing I was thinking about. When Tamara received that phone call and left her purse, you think that was Greg calling her? No. Well, this is only a year, two years, before, a oh. year and a half. Okay, maybe. It's a little creeper. Maybe he calls her the, at the same time every day, so <laughs> she planned it. Yeah, it could be. And uh, maybe he is listed as him. On her phone. (laughs) (laughs) Him is calling right now. (laughs) (laughs) So then they chase. uh, There's a chase scene and Tamara gets the potion. He ran really well for having a wooden leg. Yeah, he did. For a short time. (laughs) 
But Tamara goes back to the dragon, mm-hmm. and that's when he gives her the picture. And then she... No, I'm sorry. Skip something here. August got the potion after stealing the money. August got the potion from the dragon. And when he first walked into the dragon's house, the dragon wasn't there. We'll call it lair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then... August looked over, or we heard the dragon's voice. He appeared out of nowhere. What? Yeah. Are you talking about Yes, it, it's actually in there, and uh, screenshots aren't about. necessarily applicable to this, but I can have screenshots August in the looked show notes. down, and then we heard the dragon's voice, because August was looking at his leg and stuff, and then all of a sudden, poof, he was there, with, without the poof. Oh, Okay. Interesting. I just missed it. So he's magical. Is there anything different? I've I've looked through the screenshots trying to see if there's anything different, but I could not find anything in the room that was different. You know, what kind of like clothes those, those are behind him. I mean, besides the obvious fact that the guy is there. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the clothes hanging all over his apartment for some reason, and I was just like, after the robes, it's really hard to imagine him wearing any of that stuff. Yeah. It's all so ordinary. Well, he was right next to an alley, so this could be someone else's laundry hanging in, up, up there. In his, well, a lot, most of it's inside, but anyway. so So there wasn't really a proof, but he did just appear out of nowhere, very similar to Eerie. the dark one. Yeah. Maybe oh. this guy He's is a another, red one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he is another kind of dark one. No. No, or, he's the dragon. He's helping people. Well, yeah, that's that's true. He's using he is using his magic for kind of good, although he is profiting from it. Yeah, but Rubble still he's never had smoke come from his shoes or his nose. <sighs> right. Shoes. But so jumping forward, when Tamara came and con- confronted the dragon, they have this conversation and uh well, we'll we'll get to that in a moment. But the the smoke thing, the thing about the smoke, the dragon has this red smoke that comes off his nose and then comes around him, and he's kind of floating in it. And I'm <laughs> I'm not going to get really technical or an- analytical about the color of the smoke, but we have seen red smoke once before that, that I could remember in the episode "The Crocodile." The one and only time we've actually seen Rumpelstiltskin disappear was when he was on Hook's ship. He had just Hook had just stabbed Rumple with the hook, hmm. and Rumpelstiltskin disappeared with red smoke. Interesting. And then that's when the hook fell down, and that. Uh, so good catch. Yeah, uh, there's that red smoke, and we've got a couple good theories about the smoke. But just before the whole death kind of thing, Tamara tells us a lot about herself, or kind of. Uh, It says a couple slightly revealing things. Listen to this. The magic. It's rare in this world. So rare, most would say it's fiction. So there is magic? How rare? And does it have to come from somewhere else? Yeah. Because the dragon said what he makes is not from this world. Right. But, or, well, here's what I actually have from them. What I create is not from this world because the people who need my help suffer from affliction that science cannot treat. Maybe he's Mushu. <laughs> we, we have <laughs> received, yeah, that, that theory several times. 
Uh, also, Slurpees108 suggested that maybe the dragon could be the wraith in a different form. Yeah, no. And a couple of connections there. Well, consider this just for uh, example. No offense. <laughs> the wraith was known to Mulan, a basically Chinese or Oriental Asian character. And, um, and maybe this guy is somehow related i'm not thinking so but he did also ask for payment from the soul or for the soul uh, from yeah it's from i was thinking it said for but we could check the subtitles there but he has yeah he has no wraith-like qualities right he's a good guy except the whole floating in the air thing he's a dragon dragon the wraith was pretty well mindless it was like an animal it knew it had sort of instinct almost it was tied to the person that had gotten marked by the medallion and then it went for it and never stopped it didn't reason it didn't communicate there was nothing of a person in the wraith and there's nothing of the wraith's Mm. (laughs) quality soul-sucking quality in the dragon from what i could see Tamara said that she's been searching for magic, searching for a long time. Why? And yeah, why? And also with what resources? Because she said she tested that bottle, maybe a, within a day or two of getting the, that little bottle. She said she tested it with the most sophisticated techniques known to man. Hmm. How does she have access to that? How That's is awkward. she going around easily carrying $10,000 of cash? a good question she's she said she's been going around investigating all of these cases of magic and she's found all kinds of frauds until she met the dragon Hmm. so where is this coming from that is a very good question it almost makes me wonder if maybe there's some kind of organization funding this or yeah or i don't know Maybe she's gotten her magic through her wealth through some kind of magic. Well, if you're going to stick around in this world, eventually the world is going to find you in a big way if you're odd, like Mm -hmm. the people in Storybrooke are, potentially. So maybe that Greg is the worst kind of outsider they could have possibly imagined hmm. if he's working except that she said he doesn't really know about it yeah well no she said that neil doesn't know oh about that's it. right i can't keep her men straight apparently <laughs> <sighs> now, our, our listener Carly, carly called in and uh, basically suggested that maybe tamara tamara has <laughs> been to fairy tale land or heard about it like maybe we got this suggestion from a few people because we heard about the grandmother and all of this maybe the grandmother was dorothy the timeline could work wait what maybe the grandmother tamara's grandmother was dorothy tamara's grandmother could or mother could not be the fairy godmother that went to almost help cinderella because one one thing to consider Tamara had a picture of her grandmother mm-hmm. and the fairy godmother was killed before the curse hit and it was definitely killed. Not just a poof of smoke transporting her to somewhere else. It was the awesome wallpaper worthy explosion of a fairy. 
that when Rumble <laughs> killed Cinderella's fairy godmother. Wallpaper worthy. Yeah, I said back in our episode, way back then, <laughs> that I said, I'd love to have a wallpaper of that explosion. <laughs> awesome effect. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so, it, well, also, what wouldn't make sense is the age thing, because the the photo shows an old grandmother and the fairy godmother that almost helped Cinderella was a young fairy godmother. And there have only been so many years that passed. So it, it just doesn't quite work, especially the issue of her grandmother being killed and then somehow being a, a photo in our land doesn't line up. Yeah, I just have to assume that she is either with an organization, like you said, for some reason, or maybe she's more like, and I think I alluded to this before, that she's like Greg slash Owen. Something happened when she was young that put her on this mission. Mm. I want to think that. I was actually going to say that, but you're saying it so much better (laughs) than I could. (laughs) Whatever. Um, Well, one other crazy theory Carly sent in is maybe... Tamara is also Wendy or has a connection to Wendy. Some other of our listeners sent in. The thing is, she's such a creep. I don't want to think that she's anybody who is not supposed to be a creep in their story. (laughs) I mean, I don't think we've seen anyone with a huge character change like that, except maybe Jack. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Everybody else has kind of been on. And Red. And the crocodile. Well, no, no, that's not what I mean. Oh, Basically, personalities? Yeah, or, okay. or roles in the story. Are they, not that they're making it super black and white, but are they kind of on, are they evil or are they not? We haven't seen a character except Jack, and Jack's not maybe a huge icon, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Uh, but ba- they've all been basically who they're supposed to be, even if their nature has changed. Now, our listener Lily sent in some great research on the name Tamara, which she, I'll read this email, says uh, Tamara, originally Tamar, was the queen of Georgia, not the state, but uh, country, <laughs> in the in the Caucasus Mountains. At the end of the 7th century and a very important historical figure, there is also a number of legends about a sorceress called Tamara in the same region. According to these stories, she lived in a tower on the shores of the Tarek River and seduced passing travelers, luring them into her tower, then, come morning, beheaded them and tossed them down the cliff into the river below. I can see her doing that. (laughs) With her taser. (laughs) I'm sure there are other legends associated with the name, but that one came to mind when I watched this episode. Considering her name, it makes me wonder whether she really is just human, as she told August. I'm sure there's more to who Tamara is, but that's my two cents. Thanks for doing the podcast. You make Once Upon a Time that much more enjoyable. From Lily. Thank you, Lily. So, a, a lot of... Hmm. Interesting stuff about Tamara. And then she killed the dragon with her taser. And <laughs> later she did that to August. I thought that was kind of lame. I was so disappointed with a taser. Death by taser. But it just, just, it just seemed lame to me. Here's the thing. The last things that he said 
were too pointed to mean anything else. You haven't met me, at least not the real me. Mm-hmm. So how did she kill someone that she has not met? He's not dead. I'm not even sure that's really what he looks like. He's a dragon. Maybe he just <laughs> shed his 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 human form. Maybe he really is Philip. <laughs> broadcasting from another no he was a little busy at that time being frozen what well, we, we received two <laughs> similar theories on this angela said the dragon didn't die whoever it was really escaped in smoke and then manipulated the body to be seen as if Tam- tamara killed him then david said i think the dragon may refer to mushu from mulan remember in the movie mushu was a spirit or family heirloom until one of the ancestor spirits brought him to life tomorrow may have killed him but maybe only his human form the dragon spirit may still be there well part of that may be similar to what the truth is but saying he got away would not make the statement you haven't met the real me true i hope she didn't kill a dragon with a taser (laughs) well that would just be ridiculous one other thing before we talk about the taser more because there is a great discussion on that um, the the idea of his not really being dead, but his spirit like somehow being carried through. When he did that arm stretch thing and started floating in the air. It's really creepy. It almost looked like maybe he was no longer in his body. Like the like personality went out. Puppet. And it seemed like when um, Tamara then used the taser on him, that he didn't really make a sound, but it was just nerve reactions to the electricity or something else going through his body. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's tricky, but... I don't think it's probably too technical. <laughs> I think he was broadcasting, possibly including a body from another location. But, yeah, maybe. But that taser, though, so it kills the dragon. <laughs> Alana in the chat room has said, but it's clearly a magic taser. Well, <laughs> well, good one, Alana. That might be true. Really? Might uh. be. Here's why. We've got a forum post about this in our uh, Wait. podcast forums. A magic taser or a magic taser? <laughs> They're suggesting <laughs> Angie Bell suggested it zaps magic. Actually, several people suggested that. Yeah. When this uh, question was brought up, to both Jane Espenson and one of the other writers on the show. Uh, we've got a forum about this with tweets from some of the writers. Is and I'll this have a, link. a spoiler? No, I'll have a link in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 92. Jane Espenson said pretty much what kind of we're all kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. She said, I don't think that was a regular taser. Oh, no, Let's I'm see, spoiled. Here's the thing. On the episodes that Jane does not write, I'm not so sure how accurate her tweets are. <laughs> One of somebody said that she was previously saying that her would not be anybody significant. Kalinda Vasquez, Vasquez, Vasquez. Thank you. <laughs> uh, who co-wrote this episode also mm. tweeted saying, "Let's just say that taser is no ordinary taser." Okay, well that works. And that, and, and that was better. an answer to one of our listeners, Matt, also called Itachi Ishtar. I think that's spoilery. No. It is, because we it's, don't know anything about the taser yet. It's Maybe. clarification on what we already saw. 
It's, oh, it's it looks like just an ordinary taser. Maybe we don't know anything about the taser yet. Maybe they originally had a way to show us before the episode was over that it wasn't an ordinary taser and they cut it out. The fact that it killed a magical guy. Yeah, but and the were... fact that well, she was so confident that it would kill him, and the fact that it killed a wooden guy. In the initial reactions, <laughs> you were sold that it was just an ordinary taser, and that if you crank up a taser high enough, it can kill anybody. I think I'm okay. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. I think I'm okay with something that's maybe not spoilery, but clarification from the writers, yeah. because. It at least gets my mind off of, well, and then there was this whole plot hole thing, because I wish they'd made it clear within the episode itself. But at least now I can stop thinking, why did Puppet Man die from a taser? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so just seeing what it can do, I think, points to the fact that this thing couldn't be a real taser, or else it leaves all of us asking how could a taser do that unless you hook it to a car battery like we joked in the initial reaction? So my opinion on that has changed. I'm thinking that maybe she's designed this taser somehow to try to extract magic. Interesting. See, okay. Hmm. Because can you kill a wooden man or is it extract the magic from him and that kills him? Well, that's an interesting thought. Because to jump ahead for just a second, she was asked by August if she was trying to take the magic from Storybook. And I found that a very odd leap. I didn't mm-hmm. understand that phrasing. It's like, why would you... She might come for magic or to get magic, but why would you ask if she was trying to take it from Storybrooke? Yeah. Almost to suggest take it away so that Storybrooke did not have it anymore and she did. And as Matt in our chat room is pointing out, I think he said, I think she used the magic vial while constructing the taser. Because remember, we we didn't see the taser until after she had that magic potion. So maybe in her process of testing it with the most sophisticated equipment known (laughs) to man, she somehow figured out a way to harness its energy or use it in some way. So I've got a magic vial or vial of magic, however you want to say it. I could do who knows what with it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to enchant a taser. That's what she decides. Well, she told (laughs) August later that she still has some. Her cancer thing was obviously fake. Yeah. And yet she continued to use it with him. Yeah. She said that it cured her. And well, so she must still have some maybe. But what might she be doing with it other than researching it? We got a theory in from... Doxon, which people in our chat room will often recognize Doxon <laughs> as the person who loves to make fun of Once Upon a Time, but also watches it with us. He's one of our loyal fans of all, all of our podcasts. But Doxon sent in this great idea of something. He said, I think the potion will kill magic. Henry will use the potion in the well to kill magic and make Storybrooke a normal town. Hmm. It's an interesting thought. Because dropping a potion into the well brought magic. What if dropping a different kind of potion into the well Hmm. destroyed magic? Interesting. Interesting. So, and if it was made, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. If it was made for August to cure him and magic was turning him back to wood, 
mm-hmm. would be a logical thing to assume the potion would do. Unless you see his remaining human uh, as being I know, but he didn't magic. start to turn back to wood until... Time started moving. It yeah, started to, yeah. Time, I don't understand how those yeah, two events are connected, quite what, honestly. What's but. really happening? Is it magic is turning him into wood, or did, was magic keeping him from turning into wood? Yeah, I magic. Don't know. We know that magic, when magic was brought back after the curse was broken, that's what allowed him to be a living puppet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't quite understand. I suppose we'll find out. Before we move on, let me tell you about something else very magical, and that is Simul TV, our sponsor for Once Podcast. We really appreciate their support. Check them out at oncepodcast.com slash S-I-M-U-L-T-V. This is an awesome service that allows you to simultaneously watch television shows, movies, shopping channels, sports programs, and more with any device that has a connection to the internet and an internet browser. You don't have to install extra software. It just connects and works so well. That way you can watch things at the same time as your friends or family anywhere in the world. Go to oncepodcast.com slash S-I-M-U-L-T-V to try out this amazing service and experience the next evolution in entertainment. So that way you can see not just the same thing as someone else, that's regular television. Here's what makes it even better, is you can see your friends and family on the screen with you, picture in picture, watching the shows and movies and whatever together. That way you can see each other's reactions. You can talk to each other through voice or through typing back and forth to let each other know what you're thinking of the show or the movie or the sports game going on. This is an awesome way to be able to connect with your family and friends as if they're sitting there on the couch with you, but they can be anywhere in the world with a web browser and an internet connection. So this means on a smart TV, on a tablet, smartphone, a computer, you can connect and enjoy the entertainment simultaneously with others. You've got to check out this service over at oncepodcast.com slash S-I-M-U-L-T-V. That's oncepodcast.com slash simultv. And thank you, Simultv, for your support. We really appreciate it. So August then went to New York City, straight from Hong Kong to New York City, after discovering that um, the dragon's body was dead. <laughs> Why did body. he go to New York? That was my question. To, to see Neil. Yeah. Because he yeah. knew, he had figured out at some point that, oh, the fact that I'm turning back into wood must mean that Emma's in Storybrooke now. So he flew to new york city to tell neil that which is what we saw he oh. explained that to neil and he said i need to go to storybrook to help emma maybe he'd already done a little spying first to make sure like why like to be to, to um figure out why all this was happening mm-hmm. and he just figured out that emma had gone back to storybrook yeah somehow like he followed her or something it could have been and and then he said that uh if Emma breaks the curse, he'll send a postcard. But now we get to see a little more about that. Is that Neil realized when the curse breaks that Mr. Gold or Rumpelstiltskin would come looking for his son? Neil. Not n- not literally followed her, I'm sure, but like <laughs> yeah. kind of like hey, she hasn't been in her apartment, yeah, in however many weeks, yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
Here's what I'm really wondering. Well, and also August mentioned you'll get to see Emma again because August wants to see Emma and Neil together. We mentioned that in our initial reactions. I think that was also confirmed the more we watch this. Hmm, I was less sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, because August suggested it and Neil was all, I don't know she wants to see me. It was hard to read his face with his reactions being so wooden. Mm -hmm. So... Tamara was there. Why? Because the more I thought about this, in our initial reactions... Tamara was where? In New York City. She'd obviously followed August. Why, though? Because he's got magic. He's magical. And she wants... She killed the only magical being she'd found so far. So she followed the other one that she knew about. She followed him to New York. I... Yeah, I, I was thinking about that, but then again, if she wanted something from August, why didn't she take it when August was in, in, in ability, immobilized, whatever? He couldn't move there in that alley when she took the potion from him. Oh, I just had a fun thought. <laughs> yes. Do share. Do you know how Ursula had this, <laughs> this shell that she collected things in? Yeah. Maybe tasers, maybe the, maybe Tamara <laughs> is collecting things in her taser. Like hmm. magic. She's like take maybe she's, voice. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how, um, how Ursula turned into a human. Can we please just call Tamara tasers from now on? <laughs> <laughs> you know how, um, Ursula turned into a human so that she could capture the prince mm-hmm. away from Ariel. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could totally hear Ursula saying, oh, I'm quite human. (laughs) (laughs) You know? I mean, I can totally hear her saying that. Anne-Marie DeVlair. Interesting. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the name correctly, but um, sent in a theory (laughs) actually suggesting that what if Tamara is Ursula? That would be hilarious. Or a mermaid. I would love to see that because it would get us that much closer to seeing Ariel. (laughs) Yeah, Jenny's favorite Disney princess. Which you realize is going to be a huge disappointment to you, no matter what, because you have a very specific idea of how you want her to look. Well, no, 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 no. But (laughs) Ursula was... She was a squid. She was a black squid. Mm -hmm. Well, her skin was purple in in the Disney animated, but... I could totally see it, Tamara. Yeah, being the squid. I meant Ariel. <laughs> well, yeah, we haven't seen Ariel yet. You want her to look? I do. I want her just to look. like. The I want cartoon. to have red hair, and I want her to. <laughs> yeah, I want her to look like Ariel and not be rumpled. But I do wonder: Did she maybe was she maybe following Neil actually and saw them saw Neil and August connect? Like maybe she somehow found out about Neil. And was following him or maybe she thought about august after she'd left and suddenly started thinking oh i need to find this guy again and follow him so that question of why was she in new york uh, in the first place i think she was obviously following it was obvious well, see, she was I'm following him around so obvious. no it's it, obvious it's she a, was watching she was stalking him <laughs> it's, it's obvious it's certainly a plausible explanation <laughs> yeah she was pretty much watching august yeah and August introduced her to another magical mm-hmm. character whom she got engaged to conveniently. <laughs> the dude was turning to wood. She had a reason to follow him. He clearly has been touched by magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, just before we move on to talking about Storybrooke or present day Storybrooke, 
I want to thank some other people who helped make this episode of Once Podcast possible. Malcor, Anthony Gonzalez, and Aaron J. and Maria from Ugly, Dunkling, Ugly Ducklings Incorporated <laughs> have all sponsored this episode of Once Podcast. And in fact, Aaron J. and Marie have... Uh, sponsored with this special episode of something that they're starting that they'd like to get some Oncers fans to get involved in this. Ugly Ducklings uh, from Ugly Ducklings Incorporated. You can check out UglyDucklingsInc.com. Inspired by Jennifer Morrison, this Ugly Ducklings or Ugly Ducklings wants to promote self-esteem and motivate everyone to embrace who they really are. Remember that the ugly duckling was not ugly, she was simply different. This community will allow ugly ducklings from all around the world to come together, share their stories, and inspire others. You can show your support with t-shirts and stickers, and through April 3rd, 2013, stickers are on sale for buy three, get one free at only $5. A portion of the profits goes to helping normal in schools. Now, normal is a special program in schools right now. Visit ugly duckling, ugly <laughs> ducklingsinc.com to find out more. That's ugly ducklingsinc.com. Are you having much trouble there? You will never have a job as their official spokesperson. No. <laughs> Just saying. Ugly ducklings. <laughs> so thank you so much for that support. Check them out at ducklingsinc.com. Oh <laughs> Next time we have to read that, let, let one of us do it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and if anyone else would like to sponsor an episode of One's Podcast, we'd really appreciate it because it helps with the um, costs of running the podcast and the server and everything. And you can go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor to check that out and see how you might like to support us. And we'll figure out which of us can say your organization's <laughs> name correctly before we read the I promo. practiced it several times and it flowed <laughs> so smoothly. But I think the whole oh Tamara Taser thing. <laughs> <laughs> Tamara, Tamara Taser. <laughs> yes. I think I said tomorrow. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, that's what her name sounds like. Uh, okay, so let's move on to Storybrook. <laughs> <laughs> It starts out with Emma going or just about to leave their home and she's telling David, stop pampering your wife and get her to get out of bed and move past her failure. That was a really good piece of advice. It was realistic. I like Emma. She's blunt. She's a straight shooter. Mm -hmm. There's so much correlation between what's going on in Mary Margaret's heart or in her mind, at least. And what's going on with August. And we see that more yeah. in la- later on as we'll talk about this. But like even here at the beginning, Emma said she's the only one who can help herself, referring mm-hmm. to Mary Margaret. Yep. And same thing with August. He is the only one who can help himself. A subtle thing in here was that David said Anton has uh, said that a crop of beans will be ready soon. Of course, David wants to go home. When was he talking? This was right in the beginning of the episode when wow. Emma was there at was the he, apartment. I missed that. Was he talking to Snow? Yeah, he was talking to Mary Margaret while she was packing up to go on her little archery picnic. Speaking of her packing, what was she packing? It looked like two cans of tuna fish. <laughs> An apple. She had fruit. She had lots of food in her bag. 
What was she going to do with two cans of tuna fish? She was packing anything that made her feel bad. So <laughs> apples remind her of the whole sleeping curse thing. And tuna, maybe she just doesn't like. She thinks it's our world's darkest magic. So beans are growing and they'll be ready soon. Which is ridiculous. Very fast, yeah. So it's been 100 years in Storybrooke, puzzled in the chat room says. <laughs> no. Or the beans just grow so much better in our soil. Maybe they've got a miracle grow. Yeah. <laughs> so there goes the theory that Greg Mandel would help grow the beans. Or they are ready and they're not magical. That could be too, but I, I think... Hmm. You're Maybe right. they I have to put it in the magical there. well. They haven't been grown correctly. Yeah. It's true. Watered with the magical water, something with the magical well. Good theory, Jenny. Good connection there. Yeah. But I think that hint that they'll have a crop of beans soon also points to, I think these beans will be coming back in the next four episodes. We only have four episodes left of season two. <sighs> And by the way, we're on the brink of a three-week break from uh, Once Upon a Time. And I'll have more details later on about what's going on during those three weeks because we've got some awesome stuff planned. Mm-hmm. And so does ABC has some pretty cool stuff, too. But <laughs> <laughs> well, Once Podcast is where it's at during the hiatus, folks. <laughs> well, so many people say, you helped me survive the hiatus. Which, you know, <laughs> it makes me worry about what if we weren't podcasting. Oh, gosh. That's a dark thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, I think they'll survive. (laughs) (laughs) Henry gave the book to Neil and Henry wanted to know what it was really like back in fairytale land and talk to someone who lived there, who almost grew up there, uh, even though it's been a long time. I don't think Henry realizes how many hundreds of years have presumably maybe passed. But uh, this makes me wonder or think that Henry still wants to go back to fairytale land. I'm sure he does. I would want to. <laughs> so with the possibility of the beans coming up, then maybe he's going to use one just yeah. by himself, and it's going to become a, a game, not a game, but a, a, a search for finding Henry. Or maybe he's they going to beg to go back. basically cannot do that. Wouldn't We've be, already done that one season <laughs> with the girls being in fairy tale land. Wouldn't it be interesting if in a non-magical land that it actually does grow a bean stalk mm. instead of a bean portal? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> As we all ponder the bean stalk towering over. Too Story bad Brooke. Jack's dead. Uh, or Jacqueline. It's okay. Maybe a, a new Jack will rise and <laughs> this one will be a guy. <laughs> As is appropriate. Not a tramp. <laughs> Neil said that Tamara had gone to his place and that Hook was not in the storage closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Not once she got done getting everything out of that storage closet. Including Hook. Including thinking. Hook. Why did she need to go in the store, the storage closet anyway? Apparently her stuff was there. In a storage closet? Yeah. Yeah. Her bags. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Or was, his was this, things. Was this a storage closet in Neil's Neil. apartment? Or in was it a building. storage closet in the building? But why would he have a storage closet outside of his room? It, it happens sometimes. Or, or storage room. 
can't remember. I don't think it was. I've so never lived positive. in an apartment. It's showing. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I don't know. People have to put their own things in a separate room, closet, whatever. Some things, maybe. Well, maybe just like her empty suitcases or something, because they said our bags. Yeah. So uh, the question in my mind is not so much, did she meet Hook? The bigger question is, did she know Hook before somehow, or did she not? She mm-hmm. couldn't have unless he has somehow been to our world before, right. or she has been to Neverland somehow. Hmm. She could be very much human. Some people are throwing around the Wendy theory. Yeah, I could so, see that. And I don't like that, but the more I think about it, it's like... Eh. It could happen. But if she was in Neverland, and if Neil has been in Neverland, then they would have recognized each other. Well... Yeah, that's true. The same... That might... Depending on how Neverland is... Although Peter Pan did forget a lot. That might be like saying... If so and so has been to Hawaii and this other person's been to Hawaii, they would have recognized each other. <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I want to go back and discuss the book. Mm-hmm. The book. The book. Well, yeah, because that that is one of the other things uh, that you know, Neil opened the book and showed things to Tamara. No, no, not even that. Oh. It was before that. Neil didn't even look surprised to see the book, so maybe he was the author. Well, there are stories in the book. Long after know, he disappeared, but he wasn't surprised. He wasn't even saying, "You know, what's this?" He was. Hmm. He was just. He just took it, and he was like, "All right." I mean, it was just like he didn't act surprised or anything to see this book. He might have been told about it. Maybe Henry told him all about it on their ship ride back oh. from New York City. And it's funny because the stories are well known. Hmm. They are. Well, they Most are. Not in those forms, but they've referenced that even in the Once Upon a Time story, our world does know the stories in some form. So yeah. it's not like even to Neil, having been in our world for a while, Snow White would be a completely foreign story. Hmm. Yeah. He may or may not have guessed that it was a real story from his land. but Even David in one of the episodes of season two said that he had heard stories from quote, school, right. fake memories, but stories of school about Jefferson, Alice in Wonderland, yeah, or all of that. The Mad Hatter, rather. That might be part of the story down the road, too, is how did these stories make their way throughout our world? Yeah. Especially if time is parallel in Enchanted Forest with mm-hmm. our world. Oh, yeah. But uh, Henry had a bookmark in the book, and when Neil was showing the book to Tamara... There was a bookmark right on that page where Bale's Fire's picture was. Right. So here's something though. Bellfire is in the book. Yes, yeah, he, he is. is. Didn't we know that already? No, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't actually know <laughs> that Bay was in the book. And the story on the pages, in case anyone's wondering, are more stories from the golden um, the golden bird which we've seen many times uh, as the story that's in the book. Either the Golden and, Bird or Snow White and Rose Red have been the Jefferson? words we've seen. We've seen Jefferson? You no, I mean the, the stories that we've been able to read through oh. screenshots and such oh, has been either the Golden Bird you're or... You're actually talking about the actual text, not the yeah, pictures. Yeah. The, the pictures don't go along with the actual text that's there. That's confusing. Books <laughs> actually do that sometimes. I think it's really weird. I don't like those books. Burn them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. We'll have a big bonfire. 
But that Bay was in the book and presumably something about Bay's disappearance in the book. Who knew about that besides Rumpel? Who else knew? I wonder if Manhattan's in the book. Who? Manhattan. Oh. <laughs> or, ooh, I wonder if the rest of Bay's story is in the book. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Presumably it's in there. And who knew about that? Like who, fairy. The, yeah. Oh. Maybe giving more support that she wrote the book. And she, she even illustrated it really nicely and got all the pictures right. <laughs> but does it have to be somebody we've met? Maybe well, she conjured it. Either I think either Blue Fairy or <laughs> August. But somehow I'm thinking August got the book, and that's how August knew that Neil was Bay. It's from the book. I love how many questions there are that you don't necessarily think of until you think about it for a while. Mm-hmm. The, the that's writers what all are about. awesome. Like they keep answering questions, but there are always new questions to be asked. Mm-hmm. The yeah. writers of the show, that is, not of the book. But I think this certainly supports. <laughs> you know, we're, we've been asking this question: How did August know that Neil was Bay? I think now that we know that Bay is in the book, I think that gives more support to the idea that August at least possessed the book at some point. He, he had it in his hands and read it at some point. If he, if not, actually wrote it. Which is yeah. a common theory because of seeing him add pages to the book, but then Which again, makes Emma no called sense. him not a good writer. So what? Yeah, back in the episode, the stranger. Oh yeah, he was. Emma said, "You're not even a good writer. You didn't finish the story." No. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Why was? I hope they're going to explain that. Yeah, we. Uh, they. I really got to. hope they explain why to. August was messing with the book. Well, maybe he wrote story. it. Maybe he wrote it to remember. Could be. There are things in there though that he would not have known firsthand. Maybe. So maybe he consulted with the Blue Fairy maybe. in some way. Hmm. But you know, there we've been theorizing for a while about where the book came from. But I think this now adds some extra information that we didn't have that Bay is in the book. Because for a while we didn't even know that Rumpel was actually in the book. Yeah. Or things about him. And now we know that he is, and so is Bay, with a picture in the book. So, something else to consider. So, after Mary Margaret left to go on her little soul-searching August shooting trip, she's... (laughs) Rock music listening. Yeah, she's listening to this song, which I can't read all of the lyrics here because we are a clean podcast, but... um, the song basically says, I don't, I'm paraphrasing here. I don't care about my bad reputation. You're living in the past. It's a new generation. A girl can do what she wants to do. And that's what I'm going to do. That's what Mary Margaret was listening to. Oh, Mm. weird. And look at then the relationship between Mary Margaret and David, how David wants to go back, live in the quote past. Yeah. And Mary Margaret wants to stay and live in this new generation. So the song really fits her well. I'm not going to have the lyrics in the show notes, by the way, because uh, we keep our podcast and our show notes clean. (laughs) It's not, it's not clean language in the lyrics, but if you really want to see them beyond what I just shared with you, which the other stuff doesn't really, isn't that relevant in the lyrics, but um, actually, yeah. uh, Never said I wanted to improve my station. (laughs) Uh, 
I've never been afraid of any deviation. The world's in trouble. There's no communication. Um, I don't care about my bad reputation, basically. Mm. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So she's she's shooting arrows at this tree, and she accidentally hits August. But there's a tiny, tiny little detail in something that happens that I couldn't believe that one of our uh, fans picked this up. There, I'm not sure if you've seen all of the promotional pictures uh, from Once Upon a Time, but there's this particular picture of a very green forest and a kind of red mushroom thing in the forest. I can't find the photo at the moment to be able to credit the person that sent it in, but we'll have it in the show notes at onespodcast.com slash 92. And it was uh, that when Mary Margaret was on her way or saw the trailer and decided to go explore it, and then later on when Mary Margaret brought Emma and Marco to the trailer, Mm -hmm. they passed this tree and the same, it looks like the same little red fungus or mushroom thing in the promo photo. Oh. So it's, and I'll have this picture. You've got to see the picture. It's in the show notes at onespodcast.com slash 92, or it will be there eventually. And it's, it's really cool that they walk right past that spot that they use in this cool, mystical, magical looking photo that they've clearly enhanced for the promotional purposes. But it looks like they walk right past that exact same spot. So cool little thing. We'll have that in the show notes for you to check out. But Mary Margaret found August, and so much of what Mary Margaret says to August, she should be saying to herself. Yeah, I think that might have been part of the point. And it's interesting that that's kind of how real life works sometimes. You can be in a thing and be all depressed and woe is me, but if you go out and help somebody... And be something in somebody's life. And especially if you end up giving them some of the same advice that you yourself need, it helps you as much as it helps somebody else, Mm -hmm. if not more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it almost looked like maybe she was realizing that uh, with some of the look that was in her eyes. And but August, uh, referring to redemption, (laughs) he told Mary Margaret, there are some things you can't come back from. And then kind of rubs it in on Mary Margaret by saying, you've never done anything wrong. You're Snow White kind of thing. Yeah, he didn't know he was doing it. Mm -hmm. Now, we had predicted a long time ago when we saw August blink, or maybe even before we saw August blink in season two, we predicted that he probably can still move and that he probably went into hiding because Mm -hmm. of his shame over what happened, but he still wouldn't. And... Here we find out we were right. Many of our listeners also predicted something very similar too. Although for some reason, I thought that he would have that he had left town, and I don't know why I thought that. I mean, he's wooden. Why would you go somewhere else, <laughs> somewhere where they've never even seen magic? So if they happen to see a wooden guy, something bad's going to happen. I just always assumed that he was in the woods. See, they other people wouldn't see him as wooden. Oh, that's true. Which. <gasps> They just wonder why he's so weird. Yeah. Like, dude, why are you walking like that? (laughs) (laughs) And he couldn't sit down very quickly. So everybody would be like, why? He'd have to be like, I have arthritis. (laughs) Everywhere. Everywhere. It hurts everywhere. (laughs) Don't touch me. (laughs) Get get that lighter out of my face, okay? (laughs) No, I don't want to (laughs) smoke. I have just three words, unless it's four. 
<laughs> Woodpile of failure. Yes. <laughs> but he wants redemption. Mm-hmm. And he's wanted it for a while. But he's just kind of going about it the wrong way. He's still making some of the wrong choices. Well, yeah. Mostly he's not making any choices at this particular moment. Mm. He's just sitting in the woods. Running away, being scared. And has been through giants and sorceresses and pirates and possibly wraiths, depending on how quickly he hightailed it to this random trailer in the woods. Yeah. It's kind of a random trailer in the woods. (laughs) Maybe he went and bought it first. I was like, don't tell anybody. (laughs) And then he wrecked it in the woods of Storybrooke (laughs) and threw away the truck. So skipping forward a little bit to when Mary Margaret then comes into the diner and tells uh, Emma and Geppetto. Why were they talking so loudly? Yeah. And Greg was right over there. So... No, not Greg. Yeah, Greg was behind them. Oh, Greg and Tamara. Yeah, Greg, because actually, the way this scene goes is we see Greg eating some peach pie, and Regina comes in, sits down. Do you recognize something that Regina said? Enjoy your peach pie. Besides that, (laughs) (laughs) she said, "Enjoy your hot cocoa." (laughs) She said that Greg looked oddly familiar. Yeah. Oh, she, she said that about August. Yeah. She said that about August. Back in the episode 7.15 a.m. That statement in 7.15 a.m. was one of the reasons why we think that maybe August has been to Storybrooke before. Perhaps he was the one who brought Henry to Storybrooke, or maybe Regina left to get Henry. But that was something that we suspected there. But now, seeing that she said something very similar about Greg, whom she had only seen as a boy... Maybe that explains why August seemed kind of familiar to Regina. Mm. Because she'd seen August. One problem, though. She did only see Owen as a boy. And within a few hours, she realized who he was. So her memory's not that bad. So August couldn't look different enough that she would never place him unless... I mean, I guess the meeting could have been so incidental. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, Owen, yeah, was certainly so much more to Regina, made right. so much more of an impression. I was surprised that she didn't seem to have more of a soft spot for him later. <laughs> but here, she just kind of... Well, she tried to stroke his, his cheek <laughs> awkwardly. Yeah, Greg, though, has a soft spot for kids in trouble. In trouble. Because he was a kid in trouble. Yeah. Do you think maybe more than just what happened in the last episode? Welcome to Storybrooke. You know what? I think that's what cued her in on who he was. Mm -hmm. His having a soft spot for children in trouble. He did not even bat an eye at her coming. Isn't that the first time he's talked to her? No, he's been following her. Remember? Well, Well, I mean, he talked to her on the phone. We didn't know whether he knew who he was calling. Only probably. I mean, he followed her in the hospital. He's been watching her. So he probably just was like in his room one day, like, oh, that's got to be a routine. She doesn't look any older. So mm. it was a private moment. It was, it was a <laughs> private moment. He was in private when he recognized her, yeah. I'm sure. But face to face, sitting across the table, you would think he would be kind of like. I think he was probably trying to hide it. Here she yeah. is. Yeah, he yeah well, he's good was. at it. He's good at it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he is good at it. It's creepy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is actually because. He's a good liar. Him and Tamara together could be kind of Dangerous. a big problem. Yeah. They're good liars, both of them. Both of them. Yeah, because Tamara, she's only been using Neil. 
And he, he even, she's been doing a good job of faking him out because he admitted he needed her. So she has really convinced him that she loves him, which she doesn't. I already hope she gets her own taser turned on her. (laughs) That would be good. (laughs) And let's see where it comes out then. (laughs) Does magic get sucked from her if she's been inheriting or pulling in this magic? Well, so... Tamara overheard this conversation about where August is. And while then Geppetto or Marco, Emma and Mary Margaret go talk to the blue fairy, Tamara then goes and talks to August and, uh, you know, confronts him about all of this. And in this is when she said this important line about what she is. Are you like me? Magical? No, I'm quite human. You, she, she could be lying. She's a liar. She's been lying to Neil this whole time. She could be a liar. Unless she is human, but she wants magic. And she's been finding people who have magic, trying to kill them or extract their magic with or, her magic taser. Or she could be Ursula and really quite human because that's what she made herself into. And now she's just collecting yeah. things in her magical taser. <laughs> if we see her walking on the beach, seeing <laughs> after all she did convince neil to fall in love with her somehow but that was probably just seducing him not (laughs) not to actually magic potion used on him or anything like that but she said that she still has some potion back at her apartment in new york city (sighs) two things do you think she really does still have any potion and do you think it really is in New York City, or did she maybe bring it to Storybrooke? I bet she brought it with her. I bet she brought it with her, and I bet she told um, August not to come back, and he was going to find out that she was lying, and then he couldn't come back because he gave his word. Maybe she told Hook, hey, hang out at my apartment until I send you this guy that's completely made of wood. <laughs> Chop him up, burn him, and then come to Storybrooke. <laughs> oh, he could have made a little rowboat out of magical wood. <laughs> Out of Pinocchio. Yes. <laughs> I will send you some magical wood, okay? <laughs> Just sit tight. It might be alive. <laughs> Just... You might have to kill it. But it's wow. magical, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but August suspected that Tamara is trying to take magic from Storybrooke, and she didn't deny it. Yeah. So. Didn't. Wait, what? That she's trying to take it, as in, I'm thinking take it out of Storybrooke, not just like take away magic from Storybrooke, which is what Henry wants, mm-hmm. but she wants to take it and be able to have it outside of Storybrooke. Well, it sounded like what he means, like he meant take it away from Storybrooke, like as in it wouldn't be there anymore. That's how I took the phrasing it. because I thought the phrasing was really awkward and kind of a leap. Yeah, it, it could go either way. I think it's open to that. Take magic from Storybrooke. It's like take one cookie out of the cookie jar or take the one and only cookie out of the cookie jar and thus remove all of the cookies from yeah (laughs) (laughs) depending on what the cookie jar is representing here (laughs) tamara gave her car keys to august for him to take her car to leave storybrook and never come back this tells me two things either she's planning to stay in storybrook and never leave Hmm. or maybe she's just planning to leave with neil or leave 
somewhere from inside of Storybook, oh, like a magic Greg. bean. I mean, Greg, yeah, yeah, Greg, that's oh, what I meant. Yeah, it's they're hard to keep straight uh, with <laughs> when she's concerned, um, apparently to her too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think she just like you said, she has amazing resources. I don't think a car is anything to her. I'm thinking she's going to want to use these magic beans, get magic, go somewhere and use magic, maybe to go to some magical land if she can't leave Storybrooke with magic. I'd like to see, and I assume we'll see, that she has some more understandable motivation for what she's doing other than being simply power hungry because everybody has so far. Regina and Cora... Hook, Rumple, they've all had reasons for what they've done. Mm-hmm. So I assume she does too. Obviously, we know what Greg's reasons are now, at least for the most part, if not entirely. Now, some of this may be revealed in the next few episodes, and we will have some spoilers after the closing of this podcast provided to us by our wonderful spoiler provider, Hunter Hathaway. So if you want to hear those spoilers, stick around for at the end of the podcast. It's a little bit shorter this time because we've got such a big break until the next stuff. But you can stick around, hear those from Hunter and let her know how much you appreciate the little spoiler segment. That Do you she ever does listen to those? Rarely. I rarely listen to them because I try not to be spoiled as much as possible with uh, the way that I have to collect information for the show and follow things. But then this time of Regina in Greg's apartment. And she recognized Greg and Greg is really standing up to her. So he's there to find his dad. She said his dad left. Okay, I have a question about what she said, Mm -hmm. because I actually could not understand her. Did she say people can or can't just disappear? She said they can just disappear. So it was a threat. I don't understand what she meant by that. What did she do to him? Greg said... um, What did she do to Kurt? What Greg said, people can't just disappear. And she insisted that Kurt left. But then when she told Greg, I'm going to tell granny that you're going to be gone tomorrow and he's like or what that's when the threat came basically that she said contrary to your opinion or what you believe people can just disappear so she was saying that i think as a threat to him so you think she had learned how to do cora's little swish of the hand make someone go away kind of thing that or just destroy him not just kill him but destroy him so that he does disappear that makes me wonder if she was hinting to what she did to Kurt. Yeah. Like, what'd she do to him? It, so where do you think Kurt is? Do you think he left Storybrooke? I don't know. Do you think he disappeared or do you think he's in the basement? It's possible <sighs> yeah, that maybe know. if Regina was telling the truth when she offered Jefferson that she could rewrite the story and make Jefferson forget back in season one, I wonder if... Regina somehow adjusted the curse, included Kurt. So Kurt was cursed as well, but now the curse is broken. So anything, any effects of the curse on Kurt would have been broken, like any false memories or anything like that. So Kurt would be 
knowing who he is and might have shown up by now, unless he's locked up somewhere or he was pushed out of Storybrooke and the breaking of the curse did not affect him, or if he's <laughs> somewhere else completely and disappeared. Hmm. I don't know. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll probably find out because Greg is not leaving despite Regina's threats. He's going to stick around to try and find his dad. And I think that's his primary reason for wanting to be in Storybrooke is to find his dad. So he's not going to give up. He even said that in his car. He said, I'll find you, dad. Uh, I won't stop looking. I will always find you. (laughs) (laughs) So why? I mean, were you surprised that Regina didn't have a little bit of a softer approach toward him? I don't know. I think she's gotten bitter about the incident. And move past, and she wants Henry now as her son. Hmm. Yeah. She kept her, she kept the lanyard. Mm-hmm. She did. <laughs> and she brought it to him. But she, yeah, it was all strange. <laughs> when, like, I kept this as a reminder of our time together. And now that you're back. And you're I'm older going to now, th- I'm going to touch your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, weirdly, because I'm creepy like that. But runs but no. in my family. <laughs> <laughs> like so, now that we've had our creepy, threatening encounter, really leave. Just, just leave. Uh, the lanyard is enough. <laughs> the lanyard will be enough. I have my heart, and the lanyard's enough. When Emma, Marco, and and. Mary Margaret go to see Blue Fairy. Blue Fairy, or Mother Superior, said that August came to her asking to be turned back into a real boy to give himself another chance to be turned back into what he was, a real boy. So he wanted that. So what we saw see then at the end of the episode, I think, hints that he that was actually what he wanted, not just to be turned back into a real man, but get a second chance, do things right over. You're saying Geppetto wanted him to be a boy again. Well, see, Geppetto benefits from this. Because he lost all of those years with him. I get it. I get it. Yeah, so Geppetto... That's what he wanted. To Geppetto's mind, I'm not talking about Marco, cursed Marco, um, with the 28 years, but to Geppetto's mind, kind of, it's been a year and a half that he's been without his son, Pinocchio. If you cut out the cursed Marco time... Year and a half. Well, or actually less than that, half do, a year. Can we cut out that time? Because yeah, a year know. and a half is not long enough in my mind for everybody to start calling each other by their storybook names right, permanently yeah. and to. Yeah, they have all their yeah. memories. It's really their fairy tale Hazy. land memory, memories will feel like six months ago, but yet they also have 29 and a half years of other memories. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. Maybe hazy memory, but. They were, their memories, their hazy memories included a whole history on Earth. Mm. So, yeah, because yeah, it has to be something for them to keep using those names. I kind of question it every single time David goes out of his way, which is what I consider it, to call her Mary Margaret yeah. instead of Snow, which is so much shorter and is her real name. And I wish he would just call her Snow. And, and Mary Margaret called geppetto marco yeah when she slapped him <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> it's kind of annoying mean. even though they're both i think it's well i think the 28 years thing is the main reason they're doing that now 
And yeah. also it helps us when when we say Rumpelstiltskin, we're referring to Fairytale Land. When we say Mr. Gold, we're referring to Storybook. Yeah, I guess Makes so. it a little bit easier for us, too, I think. So I like that they still have two separate names, but I know a lot of the fans don't like that. I think it'd be a little bit more charming to see people calling each other <laughs> charming. Um, charming and snow in a town in Maine. Well, and maybe that will happen. Or, at some you know, point. Vancouver. But yeah. <laughs> August inside of the police uh, sheriff's office uh, then discovered Tamara. And he has his redeeming moment here. I've lived a life of selfishness, cowardice, and dishonesty. And only I can cure that. Not magic, not science, just me. I actually would like to go back and say if Snow had gone with Emma, you know, when, he, when, when um, Marco revealed that the wardrobe actually had room for two in it, if Snow had gone with Emma, she'd be all elderly and stuff, and Charming yeah. would be young still, and that would be really weird. True. So it's kind of, um, it's kind of good that she didn't go. I mean, it would have been awesome if she'd gone and been able to raise her child and teach her all this stuff. But at the same time, when she and her husband reunited, she would be all old, and he would be young, and her daughter's age. <laughs> yeah. So it really kind of worked out except for the fact that they missed her childhood yeah they did and she is having to find out all this stuff a really hard way like it's all kind of a shock mm -hmm. so tamara used the taser again on august and it definitely was august he was making sounds of pain which we didn't hear from the dragon so this taser <laughs> i'm thinking it removed that magic from him because in this case, the magic is what keeps August alive and not just a wooden man. Mm. So when he stumbled out of the sheriff's office and in Geppetto's arms or Marco's arms, the magic left August just like it did when Emma came in in the finale episode of season one. The magic left August and he turned into just this puppet again. That could be, although... He was a living puppet boy, and he died, mm. and then got turned into a real boy. Yeah. So, I don't know. Either way. Maybe the whale knocked the magic out of him. <laughs> well, it, it was magic in the first place that made the, the wooden puppet a boy-ish, like, you know, with personality and such. And the mm -hmm. actual story, by the way, of Pinocchio, I reviewed some of it. Um, the story is The Adventures of Pinocchio, and you can get it as a free uh, Amazon Kindle book on Amazon.com, or you can get it as an audiobook through Audible and many other places. But um, it's actually that this piece of wood was always enchanted and had personality to it. Oh. And Geppetto wasn't the first one who found this piece of wood. It was actually a different guy who then gave it to Geppetto. And the story, the actual story of Adventures of Pinocchio is really hard to read because it, it takes all of these twists and shares details that seem completely irrelevant and stuff that's really far out there in reactions and personalities. <laughs> Those big piece of wood has a personality. Maybe you should carve it yeah. into, you know, a puppet. A puppet. Yeah. It won't hurt at all. That, that was Geppetto's thinking <laughs> in, in the original story. Interesting. Anyway. But so that's uh, that magic leaving August thing is what makes me think more that Tamara's taser somehow removes magic 
and we'll have yet to see. Uh, Jenny is shaking her head at me a little bit. I know she maybe somehow disagrees with that. Tamara. Did I say Tamara? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's where you're shaking your head at. Tamara, Tamara, let's you know just what? call the whole thing We're not Taser. The only let's ones. just say Taser. <laughs> taser, taser lady. Taser lady. Eight <laughs> <Hey>, tasers. <laughs> so then August gets turned into a real boy by the Blue Fairy. Which I didn't like. Yeah. I don't like that. that. But now that you explained it, saying that that's what Geppetto wanted, mm-hmm. it makes more sense and he, I can I can appreciate that. But I didn't like that he lost all his memories. Geppetto wanted it. August wanted it. And it returns them kind of back to their precursed situation. Yeah, kind of. Of Geppetto has his real boy again. He does. I wonder if this means we'll be seeing Jacob Davies, the kid who plays Pinocchio, young Pinocchio, if we'll be seeing him more often. I bet we will. Maybe. Unless he lives in Storybrooke the same way Cinderella lives in Storybrooke. (laughs) Maybe they live on the same block. (laughs) We don't go there. (laughs) What we may see happen is when these beans are ready to use that many characters will go back to enchanted forest and their story then as far as once upon a time is concerned their story will close and will focus more on certain core characters to the story yeah maybe like that's... emma rumpelstiltskin regina those characters mm-hmm. or maybe moving on from them into some other characters that will become core in the next season it's it's still a little interesting that he went back to being that age because he didn't turn into an infant the first time. Yeah. yeah. It didn't affect his age at all. He just became human. And the stuff that the dialogue that happened there between Marco and young Pinocchio was exactly the same as what happened back in the episode, the stranger, when we saw puppet Pinocchio boy Mm -hmm. turned into a real boy (laughs) by the blue fairy. Then same Mm -hmm. words, uh, and the way <laughs> the way that Pinocchio reacted, I'm a real boy. I'm a real boy. It would have been funny if you'd he been that. like, well, what happened to the ocean and the whale? <laughs> Where are we? Yeah. And Tamara sees this. And then she uses that as an opportunity to express that, wow, she believes this and such. But she was already, already believing this. Yeah. So... I wonder if maybe Mary Margaret is standing by thinking, I wish Blue Fairy could do that to Snow, make her a little girl. To Emma. Oh, yeah, to <laughs> Emma. <laughs> She's probably thinking she wishes she could do it to Snow, too. <laughs> but uh, maybe. I think that would be taking away a lot. Do you think the Blue Fairy can fix a tainted heart? No. Only that person can. Uh, I, they really brought that out in this episode, that only that person can, but it is fully in their own power to change their own heart. Mm. Which I think Snow is picking up from this, that she's realizing that, yes, she can change. She has to do it. It's going to be hard work. Yeah, which is kind of an interesting philosophy on It's like losing change. weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. You have to do it yourself. Black you know spot you in your heart, it. losing weight, about the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not even necessarily a philosophy on change I agree with. But for the framework of the show, I think they even possibly hint that it's not quite that cut and dried because look what Snow needed. She needed her husband, at the very least, to 
encourage her and reassure her mm-hmm. that she didn't have to stay in this thing that she was in and that she could change. Now, it was great to see Emma and Henry make up mm-hmm. finally. And so yeah. know that there's not going to be that animosity. We don't have to worry about Henry going over to the dark side. I think they've made <laughs> up sufficiently here. Yeah. I kind of got the feeling we might be, I'm sure it's not resolved completely, but we're not going to just, I'm not sure we're going to go too far down the dark snow path I after all. Not. I hope we're not. I think she's on the road to recovery. Yeah. So she knows what she has to do. I think I think we'll see her going up from here. Mm-hmm. I was curious, though, when she learned the truth and she hit, we'll call him Marco, just to make everybody happy or not happy. <laughs> Why did she act so much like she wasn't even in control of her hand? It was... She said, that wasn't me. Yeah. yeah. It just seemed so much like somebody... And maybe I'm just misunderstanding, but maybe it was she started like, a bad habit. Maybe whenever she, <laughs> whenever she um, first tainted her heart, maybe she started a bad habit of always reacting the wrong way. <laughs> she got a tiny little, a tiny tiny little dark spot from that. <laughs> it Imperceptible. Could, it but. Like, you, only, you only go down from there, is what Regina said. So yeah. maybe she's really having to fight hard mm-hmm. not to go down. It could be that she will at some point join Regina's side or the dark side, which whoever is on the dark side at the end of this season, maybe Hook or someone else. I don't know. I think not. I hope not. So then the freaky kissing scene that we get to see that all along. I mean, it was a, it was a fine kiss, but it was, it was just fine tomorrow it was weird to see those two people kissing and not something we needed to be privy to <laughs> yeah so, it wasn't it wasn't a bad kiss you know like bal and rumple still again the whole slobber thing it was a fine kiss but so all it was just along, odd seeing those two people kiss so all along those theories that greg was talking to tamara were true I'm now starting to think that when we get these theories in of people connected to each other, if it's a theory that someone is connected to someone else, we should probably start to believe them more than we don't believe them because stuff like maybe Neil going to Neverland and I'm going to have to maybe drink coffee or or, uh, Tamara being her and those connections there. But now we know more about why they have that connection. Maybe. Or maybe not. We got this great voicemail in from David. Before you play it, I Mm want to say something. Emma and Neil are definitely getting back together. They're definitely Mm -hmm. getting back together. Because he's going to find out the truth about tomorrow. And they're going to get back together. Or they might have some struggle along the way. Because uh, Cheshire in Wonderland suggested that maybe Emma will discover the truth about tomorrow. And tell Neil. But Neil is going to say, oh, you're just jealous. Hmm. Well, this voicemail then from David has an idea of the trouble we might be facing. The David? Different David. Okay. Hey, Watchers. This is David from Marines, Georgia. I think that Tamara and Owen are going to be a huge issue with the whole Bing thing, with them trying to go home, back home to the Enchanted Forest, seeing that Tamara is hungry for magic. And um, I think that the, in these last four episodes that there's going to be a problem, might be a huge battle 
for magic and for power and Rumpelstiltskin might, you know, jump in with Regina and all of them trying to stop them from getting into magic. And um, I think that's going to be like a huge, like a huge arc for, for the next four episodes of the show. Thank you for all that you've been doing. Um, y'all have been doing a really good job. Thank you, David. I think that's a great idea because here Tamara is coming to Storybrooke wanting magic. And then she discovers, oh, wow, I can go to different worlds, too. I don't think Greg is going to be so much a trouble, uh, an issue over the beans. But Tamara certainly could because she's got some some bad motives here. And another theory we got in from Omar is that uh, have either of you guys seen the movie Jumper? No. Okay. Jumper or is, yes. Uh, Jumper I don't is this movie. <laughs> oh, I've seen that one, I think. Okay. It's where Anakin Skywalker is this guy who, not really, but it's the guy who plays Anakin Skywalker, is this guy who can uh, like teleport or deparate or transport or jump or whatever you want to call it locations not time but just locations anywhere he sees a picture of he can jump there and there's this group of people uh so let me read this email from omar said tamara kind of reminds me of paladins if you saw the movie jumper the paladins were an old religious organization that tracked down and killed the jumpers who had this sort of special power maybe tamara tamara (laughs) is a part of an old organization that tries to keep magic out of our world Paladins and jumpers and jumper used to electrocute people just like Tamara. Tamara does. <laughs> Taser. Owen may have joined with them because of what happened to his father. So that's another idea. Kind of like that maybe Tamara is hunting magic. I actually think that's really people. cool. <laughs> So that very well we, could be. Yeah, we I I think we'll see this in the coming episodes and she could become a force really to be reckoned with. And uh one of our other listeners, Corey, suggested that maybe Rumple's undoing will come from Tamara who was brought in because of Henry. And that's how Henry was part of Rumple's undoing. Eh, I think it'll be more direct than that, yeah. but maybe maybe Tamara related. I like in our chat room, Obi's girl said, Tamara, the magic hunter. (laughs) (laughs) I liked how it looked like Snow could finally breathe again for the first time after she talked to David. Yeah. It was very well done. And kind of why I think she's already back on the road to recovery and we're not going to have to see this long drawn out oh, now she's evil, now she's dark, but can she come back kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, please go to the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 92, where you can get the links to some of these things that we mentioned and screenshots to these things to see what we're talking about. And also, uh, one of the really cool things coming up, the break that we have right now is, yeah, blah, break. We don't want to break, but a three-week break and then we've got the final four episodes and two of those being a two-part season finale but during this three-week break abc has some really cool stuff planned on march 31st they'll be re-airing queen of hearts and on april 7th they'll be re-airing the miller's daughter at the same normal time 8 p.m or 7 central but these aren't just going to be the regular 
episodes or regular style of Once Upon a Time. They're calling these enhanced versions of Once Upon a Time, and it will include text on the screen and will let viewers in on clues within the show. So we'll have our live chat room during that time. I don't know uh, how many of us will be able to participate, but if you'd love to join us during the Eastern and Central Time airings of that, just like you normally do for Once Upon a Time on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, that's GMT minus four over at oncepodcast.com slash live. We can chat about it while things are going on and uh, share what we notice about what the text says on the screen. And then on April 14th, is a special event uh, on at that same time. It's called Once Upon a Time, The Price of Magic. Here's what the press release says. Series creators, executive producers, Eddie Kitsis and Adam Horwitz to offer some inside scoop on what's transpired and what's to come. So this will be a kind of review moment to show us where we've been in this and connect some things together. And it's always really helpful to see this because we get to see the connections that we might not have remembered. And sometimes they give us a little bit of extra information as well. So that will be on for the next three weeks. And we'll have our live chat room going on during that. Now, for Once Podcast, in these next three weeks, we might have a Once Upon a Time roundtable on a, on a Wednesday night at 9 p.m. I don't know yet which Wednesday night. But also, I'm working on... Uh, in talks with a couple people to get some special guests on the podcast, two special guests that we'll have special interviews with. And that would be Barbara Hershey, who plays Cora, and Ian Bailey, who plays August W. Booth. So if you want to send in your questions, please send in your questions. Uh, No speculative questions like what's going to happen in the future, uh, because we just aren't able to ask those. But ask questions about their characters, ask questions about what's happened in Once Upon a Time, and email those with the subject question for Barbara or question for Ian. That's E-I-O-N is how his name is Chat room is going absolutely bonkers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this will be really awesome. We're really excited about it. I don't know the exact schedule when this will be, but follow us on Twitter at Once Podcast to watch for when we do this. And we'll also post a blog uh, entry about it. And I might put out a little podcast announcement reminding (laughs) everyone when we actually know when this will be but so send in your questions for barbara hershey and for ian bailey people are actually dying in the chat room (laughs) (laughs) oh dear and and then when we're able to do a regular episode of once upon a time of our once podcast which will probably not be until the episodes come back in april on april 21st You can join us in the chat room on uh, Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time or 7 p.m. Central, and also on Wednesday nights when we have our full discussions at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, GMT minus four, and all of that is at oncepodcast.com slash live, where you can check out the schedule and follow oncepodcast.com for announcements and information, join the forums, connect with us on social networks, and all of that awesome stuff. Remember that we'll have spoilers after the music and after the close of the podcast, if you want to stick around for those little spoilers from Hunter Hathaway. And 
please follow all of us on Twitter for those announcements of new podcast episodes, stuff that's happening last minute, schedule changes, anything like that. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Once Podcast, and I'm Daniel J. Lewis. You can follow me on Twitter at The Roman Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm Jenny, and you can follow me at Twitter.com slash Jenny Snook. So check out the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 92 and comment there on anything that we said, what you liked and what you didn't like about the episode and comment on some of the uh, theories that we shared in this episode. So remember, until next time, Monthly Juice Cleanse does wonders for the skin. Thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode of Once Podcast, especially to Simul TV. Check them out at oncepodcast.com slash S-I-M-U-L-T-V. And if you'd like to sponsor an episode of Once Podcast, please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. Hi, Hunter Hathaway here with your spoiler section for Once Podcast. The next new episode, episode 19, Lacey, will air on April 21st. Tom Ellis stars as Robin Hood. Not much to report on the episode, but I promise to bring you the spoilers from it once I get them. But a week before that, on April 14th, Once will be a behind-the-scenes special. ABC's official press release reads, Take a look back at how the residents of Storybrooke have fared since their fairy tale memories have been restored. On the special, Once Upon a Time, The Price of Magic. Series creators and executive producers Eddie Kitzwitz and Adam Horowitz will offer some inside scoop on what's transpired and what's to come. Pretty much, it's a recap of the entire season as we gear up for the final four episodes. That's all I have for you today. Sorry it's so short, but you can follow me on Twitter at Bit of Pixie Dust. Until next time, oncers. Music